0: I've got goodness and I've got mercy. Not all, not all, and I got goodness. Some of y'all got mercy and no goodness. Some of y'all got goodness and no mercy, but I got them. I got goodness. Thank you. Hallelujah. Let me read this before you take your seats. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, yes. Yes, I'm walking through some valleys of shadow. Yes, you're right. It's like you're saying, yeah, you got me there. (laughs) The Lord has done all these leading, and yet I'm still somehow in the valley of the shadow of death. But even though I'm there, I'm not going to fear any evil. For thou, you, Lord, are with me. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort Comfort me. me. (laughs) me. me. Hallelujah. think on this for a second it is the things that the Lord uses to guide me that is bringing me comfort in the valley yes you're with me but you're using things around me to bring me comfort I can't see his presence but I see the outcomes of his presence he says you're with me but what I actually see isn't you I see your rod and your staff, and because I see the rod and the staff, that brings me comfort. I don't know if you've ever been through something and know that you're alone in it, but then something happens in the middle of the storm, and it becomes clear to you that the Lord is still with you. Yeah. That's your rod and your staff. Yes. Maybe somebody calls you out the blue. Yes. Yes. Maybe somebody rings you up and says, hey, I'm praying for you and lands the phone up. Yes. 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 You know more, know or see the Lord. Yes. But you know his presence is there because you've got comfort from a staff. Yes. And I want you to lean into that, that sometimes it's not the presence of the Lord you're looking for. It's the comfort he brings yes. with his staff. amen. Yes. Let me keep reading. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. You ain't even going to move the enemies. (laughs) Just get the table out, Lord. I'm not even looking for a solution. I'm just looking for your presence. Don't need you to fix everything about this, but I do need your presence. I do need your staff says, Thou anointest my head with oil. Thou anointest my head with oil. This is nothing other than the anointing or the a selection of God. He wants you to know that I've picked you out deliberately and purposefully. The scripture says, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I'm gonna tell you something right now. You're gonna arrive in some places and goodness and mercy hasn't caught up with you yet. But it's following you. Like where you are doesn't feel good. Where you are doesn't actually feel like it should be where you're at. But I want you to know that goodness and mercy Catching up with you. Yes. He's following you. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days in life. Please take your seats. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. hallelujah. We've been talking these last two weeks about shepherds. I was so grateful for the song we selected because I've got goodness and I have mercy. Amen. I got all of that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I got goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful to the Lord to be with us to be together today. it is my general uh, love of the people of God. Why I am so dedicated to this purpose and to this church and to this vision and to this mission and to this m- and this ministry. It's because I love the people of God. And I was realizing I was reading in the scripture, and that the Lord is trying to put make us shepherds, like He's a shepherd. The same way he's describing, being described by David in the Psalms 23 that I just rea- read is the same way he anticipates and expects us to be. Yes. We have to be the shepherds in our friend group and peer groups. Yes. We sometimes have to be the shepherd in our families. Yes. We have to be the shepherds in our classrooms and our jobs yes. and our, you know, any kind of organ. We have got to be the, the shepherd, yes, sir, right? Amen. He's expecting something of us. And this is especially true for folks who are of the ministry. We are expected to be shepherds to the flock. And the scripture I want to kind of use to endorse this point is found in St. John chapter 21. And I'm going to read just verses 14 15, 14 through 17. Um, this is a moment just after the resurrection this is in fact what we understand from verse 14 of st. John chapter 21 is that this is the third time after the resurrection that Jesus has visited the disciples yes, he may, meaning he has come to see them multiple times after the resurrection and it's a powerful moment because Jesus has decided at this moment to break bread with them and give them fish they were out fishing and Jesus has kind of pulled them together yes, and he, in this moment they didn't recognize him at first and I found that fascinating Because they had a three-year ministry where Jesus was teaching them and preaching with them and doing all kinds of miracles it feels to me like if there was a week ago somebody dies and I've been with you for three years that as soon as I see you anywhere I just recognize you especially if you were my teacher especially if we thought you were the Messiah but there's something interesting going on here that they don't recognize who Jesus is even though they've had this deep experience with him and I think sometimes that's what happens with our trauma that's what happens with our pain. We don't recognize Jesus in the situation. We see him in before us, and he's looking us right in the eye, and he's speaking to us, and we don't recognize him because we've been through so much. It takes a second, I've got to hear his voice a few times and I've got to break bread with him and I've got to, even though the situation is horrible and awful and what we've been through, but the Lord is patiently just feeding you, giving you enough information and then it becomes evidence, this is the Christ, this is him in this situation. Amen. And so they're sitting with Jesus now. They they know who he is and they've recognized him as Master and Lord and the one who was dead and yet is alive again. I'm excited about that, the idea that he is the risen Savior. And we have to be distinct about this. For some he's the Savior, but they don't believe he rose. I've got to believe everything about the testimony of Jesus. He not only is my Savior, he's the risen Savior. There's something special about this Jesus. Hallelujah, glory to God. He conquered the death and the grave. That's his now. I'm the one who broke that. I'm the one who defeated that. I am the master of the grave. Yes, sir, yes, sir. It's hardly even believable sometimes. I imagine sometimes when we're in that valley of the shadow of death, that the staff is unrecognizable. It's almost unrecognizable who he is because we're in the situation and all we see is the storm and all we see is the valley and all we see is death. But he's with us. He's with us. We got to open up our eyes. He's with us. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. He's there, right there with us. Hallelujah, glory to God. And so he's there and he's preaching to them. He's preparing food and he's getting them ready. He's right there in the middle of their, their trial and right there in the middle of their storm, he's preparing for them. And verse 14 says this. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. Third time. And I've told you the story tells us I didn't even recognize him at first didn't recognize his voice can you imagine teaching hours and hours and hours and days and years and months and they don't recognize his voice ah, that's why difficulty and trouble are sometimes so bad for us verse 15 so when they had dined after they finished eating jesus said to simon simon son of jonas lovest thou me do you love me he's saying to simon do you love me more than these. He saith unto him, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. Jesus said back to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me. He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. Verse 17, we'll stand right there. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me. Peter was grieved. He's upset now. He's mad. <laughs> because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. This analogy to feeding sheep has been repeated to Simon to such a degree that Simon is getting frustrated with the question itself. Amazing. What's amazing about this is the context, right? This is the risen Savior. And Jesus has turned around, he's made this meal, and he's turned around to Peter deliberately and specifically. This is John recording this. John who describes himself as the one who Jesus loves. Right? But he doesn't describe Jesus as speaking to him like that. He's saying this to Peter. It's fascinating. And I was wondering, I was looking at this. And and Jesus starts by asking this question, not once, not twice, but three times. Three times he's asking about this: do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And every time Peter's like, Of course I love you, you know I love you. He's like, uh, and Jesus' response to that isn't, don't do anything for me. I don't need you to do something for me. I need you to do something for my sheep. Like you're saying you love me and yeah, sure. But if you love me, you're gonna show that love for me, not by what you do for me, but what you do for my sheep. I'm fascinated by the symmetry here because just a few chapters before this, um, in chapter 18, Saint John, chapter 18. Remember, the ministers had a wonderful message about this before. Jesus, J- Jesus was captured, and we understand that Peter was in the hall where Jesus was captured. And he's asked once about <laughs> his connection to Jesus. He's asked twice about his connection to Jesus. He's asked a total of three times about his connection to Jesus and every single time what is his response I don't know him in fact I wrote down what he said he said in Luke he said woman I know him not Not (laughs) he says to another who saw him he said man I am not he was he made it even more certain than the first time (laughs) And then he said to the last one, who was somebody else who said him, he said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. I don't even know, understand the question. Can you imagine this? How many times did he say it? Three times. I think it's perfectly reasonable that Jesus asked you this question three times. I think it's perfectly reasonable that in a counter to your denial, we get this right we can't afford to get this wrong because if you love me you're gonna have to love the people I love you were, you were you were convincing to the people that you were not connected to me in any way you convinced them because they didn't do anything to you. They let you go. They were certain even though you spoke like me. Yes, come on, come on. on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Even though you sounded like me. Yes, sir. Even though, and according to, I think it's John, he tells us that the man who had his ear cut off was one of the people who recognized Peter. Yes, sir. You know that was only hours ago. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was a few hours ago. You chopped my ear off. I know who you are. are, (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. If anybody's going to believe that this is the guy, it's the guy who lost his ear. He isn't forgetting your face in a hurry. So to this strenuous denial, Jesus is asking Peter this question repeatedly. Do you love me? What's interesting as well is that the way Jesus talks to Simon. He says, Simon, son of Jonas. Man, that's, that's like using, I'm um, pulling out your birth certificate. <laughs> I want your government name. Your government. In this speech, yes, no one sitting at this table yes, who I'm speaking to but you. Yes, sir. Right, right. Thank you Chief. Do you love me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do you love me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you know what's funny? Every time there's a conversation with Peter, it seems like he's calling his name Simon. Simon. Yes, <laughs> Simon Bar-Jonah, Bar meaning son of, Simon son of Jonas, right? So when you hear Bartholomew, you're hearing son of, um, son of Matthew, right? Bartholomew. And then you're hearing uh, Bartimus, you're hearing son of Timotheus, right? And so he's talking to him for his full name. I know who your father is, I know who you are, I'm talking to you. There's lots of versions of you, but I'm talking to you. So he calls him out. He says, if you love me, I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to know that the way you show me you love me is by drawing you into relationship to my sheep. And the relationship I want you to have with my sheep is that you feed them. I want you to take care of them I want you to nourish them if you're feeding them I want you to protect them you love me here's the thing we want to get right with this church if we want to show our love for God we don't do it by saying it (laughs) we don't do it by saying Lord you know I love you (laughs) Uh, it's one of the things with relationships I shouldn't have to convi- now I love to say I love you but I also want the actions I take to show I love you. The words are meaningful. They're powerful. It's romantic. It's beautiful. It really is. But there is an underlying current to the words I use that should mirror the words. So he's saying to Peter deliberately, I'm hearing you. But there's got to be a response to the love. So let me read that again, he says, Simon son of Jonas, there's only one of you sitting here, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love you. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. We just was talking in Psalms 23, right? And he says, uh, Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. The thing about the rod and the staff is that it's really a corrective instrument. It's an instrument that shepherds use to get sheep in line, right? It's, it's a way for you to make the sheep understand this is as far as you can get and no further. Some shepherds in some traditions, not all traditions, would have a curve on the end of the staff and that curve is used to get actually around the neck of sheep so that you can control and pull them back in line. And some, not, all, not all traditions use that particular technique, but many of them do. They use it and they hook the sheep that's going out of the way, in a way and getting in danger. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So they get the, 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 the staff, and it's not always comfortable, I imagine, for the sheep to have been hooked in the way. But the thing is the sheep, I've said this last week, sheep aren't necessarily strategic thinkers. They're not thinking two or three days ahead They're just kind of thinking about whatever the grass is underneath my feet right now, right? The shepherd's thinking to himself, if you go any further to that road, I'm going to lose you. If you, that one sheep that seems to like to be by itself, he's going to get taken by a wolf or a bear or some kind of lion and I can't have it. So he's going to correct that sheep and pull him closer to where it's safe. I imagine sometimes that's not a comfortable moment. But it doesn't matter if the love for the sheep is about safety and nourishment and feeding. Sometimes I've gotta say things that don't necessarily make you feel that comfortable, but they're necessary for the saving of the soul. This isn't about me getting to be popular or getting you to think of, I'm thinking nice things about you all the time. I am thinking those things, but I absolutely need the truth first, because if I love God, I've got to love and nourish you. When I was younger, I assumed, honestly, that as soon as I got a job, as soon as I got a job, I would be eating Mars bars and marathons and Snickers bars all day. like. There is no good reason why my mom doesn't give me that nice thing that I like for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Why am I eating vegetables and meat when there is such a wonderful nourishing snack like a Mars bar out there? I couldn't understand why she's limiting our diet to only those things. I couldn't get it in my head right and I said yeah when I get older I'm gonna get the things that are best I think taste the best all the time I remember the first time I had 50 pence in England it's just just a strange shaped coin you get a 50 pence coin and back then that would get you like three or four different man I ate so much chocolate I felt sick (laughs) I thought what was tasty was good for me and it's not always, sometimes you need to just have a little snack and that's it. It wasn't long for me to realize, ah, she may be onto something with the vegetables. Like, Steppen actually may be perfectly reasonable, what she's actually suggested as a three, as a square meal, actually may be correct, right? I finally got it, and I'm meaning to say this, the sheep don't always know what to eat. (laughs) And so the shepherd is saying, I've got to give you the stuff that is good for you. Man, the shepherd is there saying, and I'm talking about the Lord. I'm talking about you shepherds in your homes. I'm talking about you shepherds in your classrooms. You shepherds with your friends. You shepherds at, at, at work. You sometimes have to be the one to, to kind of make sure that the feeding is right. It's right and it's good. And that's a really difficult thing to get correctly. Yeah, yeah. Let me go to uh, Galatians chapter 3. This is where I want to sit. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be much longer. But Galatians chapter 3. I want to show you what a good shepherd sometimes has to do. <laughs> uh, a good shepherd sometimes has to mm, kind of get in your face. Galatians chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 3. In fact, let's start at verse 1. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Can you read that? Help me read that, sir. Uh, Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. Oh, Foolish Galatians. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. This is my favorite verse if I'm honest in Galatians because he gets right at them. Now to be clear, the Galatians are a, this is a, a, a group, a church that is in modern-day Turkey. Right, so right on the Mediterranean to the um, east of Greece. Um, it's right there, uh, the Aegean Sea and the Mediterranean Sea. It's a very rich culture but they have Jewish folks that are there already and they are very much Jewish in tradition in society in laws right. all these things are Jewish and that's that's wonderful but sometimes but when you have come into contact with Christ there is an expectation of better way more understanding of who you need to be yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and and Paul is really deliberately saying yes you, you, you should be all those things but You're going to get salvation not because of the law, but because of the Spirit. He is very deliberately saying, Yes, the circumcision is right and good for you, but there is another level for you now where Jesus washes you of your sins. Right? And so he's saying, "Um, Oh, foolish, yes, who has bewitched you? Who tricked you? Who messed you all up? He's, yes, he's basically telling them to their face, you've messed up. But this may not, to some of us, this may sound a bit funny to some of us, but I assure you, yes, this is the staff. Yes, staff. Okay. <laughs> this is the, the guiding hand that sometimes we need. Yes, doesn't feel like it, doesn't sound like it, but it absolutely is. Let's keep going. Well, foolish Galatian, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before those eyes whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set before crucified among you Jesus is the one who saved you all and you've got your eyes everywhere but on him right we've got to make sure we've got our eyes set in the right place let's keep going verse 2 this only what I have learned of you received ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith how do you get the Holy Spirit in you did you get it because you were obeying the law? Is that how you got the Holy Spirit? No, that's not how it worked. You had the Holy Spirit working in you right now because of faith. Amen? Yes, sir. Amen. You heard the word and you believed it. Let's keep going. Verse 3, are ye so foolish? Is, this is the uh, equivalent of our moms and dads saying to us, are you out of your tiny mind? Yes, sir. Are you crazy? this yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's, it's, it's not a question that I requires an answer. To be very clear, they're not saying to you to answer the question. It's a rhetorical, what we refer to in English language as a rhetorical question. Okay. Doesn't require an answer. Are you crazy? I already know the answer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Says, Oh, you! Are you foolish? Are you so foolish? Yes, sir. And we're, he's talking to them like this because he's trying to get their attention correctly the thing is people like Paul and Peter have been given specific charges and it's about the people yes. and what he's doing in this moment is feeding them Amen. <laughs> this, this feeding feels a lot like medicine but it's still feeding Amen. Amen. what does he say? are you foolish? verse 3 yep. having begun in the spirit and are ye now made perfect by the flesh so now you've got yourself into this situation where the spirit has given you everything and as soon as your spirit gives you everything and is encouraging you and getting you through you say to yourself let me just rely on the flesh to get me the rest of the way and Paul is saying don't do that to yourself if the Lord is guiding you and is leading you and you end up in the valley of shadow of death don't be tempted to say to yourself I'm gonna get out of this on my own way don't be tempted to say to yourself I can do this by myself you're in the exact wrong situation to do that wait on the Lord and be of good courage he will strengthen thine heart let's read verse 3 again are ye so foolish having begun in the spirit are you now made perfect by the flesh are you made perfect by the flesh are we going to now rely on the flesh? are you going to get outside of the of the influence of the holy spirit now that you've worked so well and got got and got the lord on your side are you going to rely on the flesh now as shepherds in the house we have to correct each other we have to we have to make sure that we are understanding how to follow Christ. Amen. 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 Amen? Amen? So let's go back to, um, to Psalm 23 real quick. I just want to end this out. Psalm 23. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Lord is then my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. See how he's doing this leading? He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This is the work he's doing for us. Verse 4, yea, yes, though I walk, I got myself into this, probably through the flesh, but I got myself into this. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. Yes. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runs over. Uh, this is the part that I think I didn't speak about last week, but this cup running over part is really, really important. Uh, uh, sometimes I don't think we realize how much of the blessing of the Lord is causing us to have an overflow of blessings. Yes. Like we start with this idea. It's amazing to me how the things that were really important to me when I was younger, I remember um, I used to want to make, maybe have nice clothes or nice things. N- now I have so many things I'm trying to figure out. I'm literally, I'm trying to figure out where the, where I'm going to put them. Right. It's the truth though. Where am I going to put this? I'm running over with stuff. I remember we were thinking before, you know, you'd have one pair of shoes and you would shine it so well. Yes, sir, yes sir, yes, sir. Now I'm saying which bless, shoes am I gonna wear with which outfit? Bless, 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 bless. Bless. yes, yes. Running over oh, yes. God. Most of witness. Yes, Hallelujah. We we are so well off and we sometimes we can easily forget about this. We've got food that goes stale. Yep. Because we're eating so well. Right. We've got food that goes stale. We forget we have it. Now if there was hunger in the house, you would never forget forget it. it. And it surely wouldn't go stale. Yes sir, sir. very true, thank you Lord. Every every Sunday night, Monday, every Sunday night and Monday, my wife goes to the fridge and figures out what she's gonna throw away. For the the trash that comes on Tuesday. Yes sir, yes sir. That's not, there's no sign of hunger in this house. I'm simply saying this, there is so many parts of our life that are overflowing and you're not even thinking about them anymore. You're not even thinking about them anymore. But the Lord is creating overflow for you. Creating overflow. Creating, overflow, creating literally stuff that is wasting away because the blessings are too much for you to hold. So I'm just grateful to the Lord, to being a good shepherd to me. He's putting me in situations where literally I can't even hold the blessing. I can't even hold it. Come on, sir. I can't even hold it. Like, I don't have capacity for any more blessing. I can't even hold it. Like, this is all I can hold, Lord, but you're still pouring. Thank you, Lord. It's still overflowing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your name. My cup is literally running over. For some people, they see that's waste. No, nope, yes, that's just yes, blessings. Blessing. <laughs> the come truth on, is, yes, sir. On, the yes. sir. truth is, if you're connected to somebody who the Lord is blessing, yes. the yes. blessings can wow. come on you too. There's a scripture. There's a song we sing. So let some drops now fall on me. Just let a little something while you're on blessing somebody else. Let some drops now fall on me. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. I've got goodness, yes. I've, got goodness. I've got mercy, yes. hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. May the a blessing to you.